0: Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Wonderful to be here today. It's our five-year anniversary today. Imagine that, Eric. <laughs> Woohoo! Isn't that something? Five years on the air as of, well, today, technically our first show was February 18th of uh, 2009. That's very close. It is. Yeah. So I'd say, t- you know, today is the five-year anniversary. Exactly, so. yeah. Who? would I, you know, one of my favorite guests who I've had on the show a few times is with us today. I have Dr. Michael Fox on uh, the show. We're going to be talking about chemical flea medications, a topic we've talked about before, but we'll be taking a different angle on a new angle on it today. And I'll be talking about um, some of the uh, experience that I've had with behavioral implications and these flea medications. But before we, before we start talking with Dr. Fox, I have just a couple of announcements, March 8th and 9th this year, the Seattle Kennel Club dog show is at CenturyLink field event center here in Seattle. Uh, it's a great event, two full days of all sorts of demonstrations and agility trials and uh, nose work demonstrations herding demonstrations, dog dancing, always fun, meet the breeds, and then, of course, the confirmation where you see these dogs trotting around the rings like in the movie Best in Show. So we'll be there. We have a booth there every year, and we will be handing out free water. So be sure to come by the booth, say hi, and uh, get yourself some free water and snacks. That is this March 8th and 9th, Saturday and Sunday, all day, CenturyLink Field Event Center. And you can go to seattlekennelclub.org for more information. And then a big shout out to the Natural Pet Pantry, uh, our partner since the beginning of the show. Um, love them, and they are just make such excellent dog and cat food, um, locally made raw and cooked food diets for dogs and cats. Naturalpetpantry.com dot com is their website and uh, stay tuned for more information coming soon about their new location opening up in Kirkland right near the PCC in Kirkland. Very exciting. They're going to have a lot of really cool stuff going on. So we'll be keeping you posted about that. So, Dr. Michael Fox, welcome to The Dog Show once again. Wonderful to have you on today at our five year anniversary.
1: Thank you and happy birthday. Thank
0: you. <laughs> so. I've, so my area of expertise is training and behavior, and I do private lessons with people in Seattle, greater Seattle area, and have done so for the past 12 years. My website is sensitivedog.com. And I've had this, made this connection recently with some of my clients and their dogs, um, you know, where they've, reached out to me because their dogs are showing some version of an agitated behavior like it might be anxiety or fearfulness and, and it's sort of generalized um, and and kind of not you know not an obvious oh well this is the trigger and this is you know what we'll do it's sort of like oh, I don't know just kind of all seems like it came out of nowhere and you know it's sort of an odd thing And um, so agitated, anxious, fearful, or aggressive. And it's happened a few times now that I've noticed a correlation between these chemical um, flea medications. Um, Frontline or Trifexis or Sentinel or, you know, take your pick. There's a number of them out there. The flea and tick industry is a billion-dollar-a-year industry. And the reason why it seems that this is the link is because when they take the animal off of the medication, the behavior improves, you know, along with other work as well. But so, you know, and I've been we've talked, Dr. Fox, on the show before about flea medication in particular. But I was like, well, why? Why is this? You know, what's happening here? I want to know. Chemically, you know, what in the body is causing, you know, what are these chemicals doing in the body on a molecular level that's causing not only these now behavioral symptoms that I'm noticing, but health-related symptoms, seizures, paralysis, um, general malaise, you know, you take your pick, you know, acute skin burns, all sorts of stuff. Um, no, it,
1: it's it's really nasty business. Yeah. And from from my records, just to back up, uh, in two thousand and eight, the Environmental Protection Agency had forty four thousand reports of adverse reactions to topical anti flea and tick drugs
0: mm. in
1: cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. Forty four thousand. Yeah. And you know what is going on with our federal agencies and with veterinarians who are selling these products when in fact we know from the descriptions and the kind of uh, information that you sent me that is available on the internet Mm -hmm. that these are neurotoxins that just jangle up the nervous system of insects and People will say, Well, you know, we're not insects and dogs are not insects but basically the only difference is that insects have their skeletons on the outside and we and our dogs and other animals have the skeletons on the inside.
0: Mm. And we
1: basically have very similar nervous systems because we all evolved from the same slime mold. Right. <laughs> and and I think we're fast Devolving back into that slime I mode. No, really. Uh, the, the way we're going. Now, fipronil and some of these other chemicals, they're a broad spectrum insecticide that disrupts the insect's central nervous system by blocking the passage of the chloride ions through the so called GABA receptor and glutamate gated chloride channels. And these are vital components of the central nervous system in insects and in dogs and other mammals, including us. Right. So I think, you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to engage in what's called evidence-based medicine, that if you have these dogs who all seem jittery and fearful and anxious, mm-hmm. and then when you take them off uh, this insecticide treatment and they get better, then Eureka, you know, oh. you, you've you got the answer.
0: Yeah. In my research about this, um, because I'm thinking, because my thing is like, okay, they're saying, and by they, I mean the industry, the uh-huh. flea and tick industry, you know, it's fine for pets. Um, it, it just targets insects. But then they're like, but don't touch it. And, you know, and like Trifexis says on the label, can cause miscarriage in pregnant women. And, you know, wash your hands and avoid contact. Oh, but, but you know, your dog's fine or your cat's fine. And it's like, well, I don't buy that, really. Well,
1: I I would certainly hope not. And anybody with common sense, especially with 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 these spot-on products. Yeah. Uh, You're going to have a child petting the dog. You're going to have one dog grooming another or especially with cats, one cat grooming another cat or the cat grooming the dog. Yeah. And so you're just going to open a whole can of worms. Yeah. And there are various uh, adjuvants and uh, potentiator ingredients in these uh, complex patented uh, products that probably interfere with, with DNA and could be carcinogenic and called all kinds of other issues as well. And uh, I think it's absolutely terrifying that we're at this stage now where, for example, I, I put it out on my website and in my syndicated column about Bayer, the big mega yeah. drug company, mm-hmm. with his new long-acting flea collar called ceresto mm. And that contains a nicotine chemical oh. as, as well as a pyrethrin compound. And the nicotine compound, that, affects the nervous system, it's widely used on our crops, and is probably one of the main reasons why we're having colony collapse in bees now, Mm. and in Europe, the European Commission in 2013 has put a two-year ban on the use of all uh, neonicotinoid chemicals uh, in agriculture, and yet here we are in America putting it on our closest animal Mm companion in our homes, and expecting everything to be well. But what is this paranoia about fleas? You know, we're not fighting bubonic plague or something. Get a flea comb yeah. and and check. And there's a wonderful product from one company that I consult with called Pet Life. Mm-hmm. And it, it's an herbal spray uh, that contains an extract of quasha. It's uh, from a, a tree in uh, Central America. And when I was a little kid, my father was very much an herbal doctor, and I picked up, you know, the pinworms that kids do at school, mm-hmm. and I had to drink this uh, these chopped wood shavings that were soaked overnight, huh. bitter stuff. Yeah. And, <laughs> God, those worms went right out of my system. Yeah. And it's the same product that will kill uh, ticks and fleas when you rub them into your dog or your cat. Mm. Perfectly safe. Mm. And why are we not using this kind of tried and true on humans kind of medicine in our animal companions? Because it's not profitable. Right. Because it's uh, folk knowledge, it's traditional medicine, and it can't be patented. Right. So that's the racket that we're dealing with. Yeah. And in the process, we're poisoning our beloveds. It's insane.
0: Yeah. Well, I. So we're going to take a quick break here and when we come back, I'm going to talk in a little bit more depth here with Dr. Fox about specifically in the body. So we're going to get into some physiology here on a bit of a molecular level. So, um, you know, why, why is it impacting and where in the body is it impacting mammals in addition to insects? What is it doing? And the information that I've come across, which, you know, it didn't take me very long to find online, just searching, kind of digging through a few layers of things. Um, It makes perfect sense. And it's scary how how good a sense it actually makes, considering the information that we have. So we're going to get into a little bit uh, more depth about that when we come back from break. We'll be back talking with Dr. Michael Fox. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burian shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry, it just makes sense. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Designing Health, Makers of Missing Link, we cover the world of animals. This week, February 23rd, it's the last Sunday of the month already, and that means it's Shelter, Rescue Sanctuary, and anything that helps our animal friends. Sunday. We'll check in with Mollywood Avian Sanctuary, Macaw Rescue and Sanctuary, and Allbreed Equine Rescue. Plus, we'll wrap up the saga of Olympic Animal Sanctuary and what's happened to all of the dogs. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on
1: Alternative Talk, 8 1150.
0: Hey Seattle, this is Julie Forbes. When I got engaged a couple of years ago, one of the first things my fiance said about our wedding was, we need a wedding planner. I thought to myself, what do we need a wedding planner for? We hired Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings, and I now know there is no way we could have done it without her. If you are planning a wedding or corporate event, do yourself a favor and hire New Chapter Wedding and Event Planning. They did an amazing job for us, and they will for you. Find them online at newchapterweddings.com. Negativity and fear. two staples of talk radio. Well, we figured we'd try something different. Alternative talk 1150. Oh well in five years
1: time we could be walking around a zoo with the sun shining down over me and you and
0: be Welcome back to the dog show with Julie Forbes. Of course, our five-year anniversary today. And we are talking with Dr. Michael Fox, one of my favorite guests of all time. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Fox. Thank you. And we are talking about uh, flea medication, chemical flea medication. I don't even like to use the word medication. But um, so we, we were talking in the first segment about this kind of getting warmed up. And I wanted to, um, my understanding of science is um, minimal. Minimal. It's I have an understanding of it. I have an education in science, but I'm not you know, I haven't taken it to the degree to the degree of uh, graduate or doctoral, but I do have an understanding of science. I've taken plenty of science classes. So some of this I can kind of grasp, um, you know, the interaction on a molecular level of of different um um, you know, ions and all that kind of stuff. I remember learning about muscle contraction in college and just completely it blew my mind. And I was running around drawing diagrams on napkins for all my friends because I was so lit up about it. I couldn't believe it. So we're talking about chemical flea medications. I've been noticing recently or just recently made the connection of behavior behavioral problems caused by these chemical flea medications. So these top spot treatments or these pills that you give um, and and a, a correlation between this and anxious, agitated behavior in dogs. And so I did some digging and looked, researched more about these, looked up the active ingredients and what they do in the body you know on that molecular level and it was basically what they do is they block the movement of chloride ions you know in the in in and out of the cells so we're talking yeah. about function on a cellular level well okay so they block and this is something by the way that happens in both insects and mammals so it's not something that is um Specific to insects. The the
1: scientists have shown this in mice, and they analyze the brains and look at the biochemistry of what's going on. They kill a lot of animals to study the process. Mm -hmm. And with smaller doses, uh, you're right, there's a blocking action of this uh, chloride channel. And so one of the first symptoms is kind of a, a coarse tremor. Yeah. But with long time use... And higher doses of these these kinds of drugs that we're talking about, uh, the channels become activated, and they actually shut out or inhibit uh, brain nerve cell activity, and so so they animals start showing paralysis and death. Yeah. And this is the horror that occasionally happens. In other instances, the most common reaction that that I've got from my readers of my nationally syndicated column is that uh, soon after I treated my dog, uh, he just seemed to go into a panic state Mm -hmm. and was crying and trembling all over and running through the house. Yeah. But I worry about the chronic exposure. Well, every month. and there are certain breeds yeah. uh, that are particularly prone, and they have actually identified uh, a gene. It, it's a it's a mutation in certain breeds.
0: So hold that thought. We're going to get to that in a little bit. I want to get on okay. that in a little bit. So hang on to that. But thanks for mentioning that. I want to yeah. talk first of all. Where how do people find your column, and where are you on online? How do people find you as a resource?
1: Um it's the the column is in newspapers like uh, the Washington Post once a week. And it's also archived on my website, which is Doctor Fox Foxvet, D R F O X V E T dot com. W dot Doctor dot com.
0: Okay. Um, great, and I'll post link to you on our homepage and on our Facebook page. So if you're listening great. to this and and you, and and you can't write it down, and
1: there and you can just click in, you know, adverse reaction to flea right. medi- medications and so on, and pull up a whole litany.
0: Okay. So drfoxvet.com is where you can find Dr. Fox um, online and his his columns and all of his information. Um, so the the thing about this. This whole chloride thing is, as you said, um, you know, and this is all easily easily found online. Um, you know, one of the things that I've that I've heard as a common thing, you like you said, Doctor Fox, your readers report uh, the dogs sort of uh, just an instant uh, agitation or anxiety and sort of you know running around out right after a treatment of these. Uh, chemical flea meds, and the thing that really struck me about this was that, in this whole conversation about these GABA receptors and the cl- the movement of chloride ions in and out of the cell is this this whole area of the central nervous system and this whole function I mean we are zeroing in or or zooming in on a very specific very, very specific um, function in the body. And that what they're talking about is that in this, all of the stuff that I found, so we're talking about the impact of blocking these chloride ions from moving the way that they need to move. And what that is causing is, which is in the case of these flea medications, is hyper um, hyperexcitation, um, coarse tremors, which could also be called convulsions or seizures, paralysis, and in some animals actually causing death. And you mention a genetic mutation that they have found that explains part of this, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. But on the flip side, uh, benzodiazepines and other um, sedatives and barbiturates and anticonvulsants How they work, and benzodiazepines, I mean, in human, it's a psych med prescribed for anxiety. And what do they do to decrease anxiety? They increase the movement of chloride through these channels, these same channels. And what these pesticides are doing are blocking the movement of chloride, which is causing anxiety. So, I mean, you can trace it back, like, these connections to these chloride and how important it is. And the impact that these chemicals are having on not just insects, but dogs and cats. And so, this, I like read this and I was like, oh my gosh, this is why I'm noticing this anxious behavior in dogs because of flea medication.
1: Well, let's just add a, a little refinement to this discussion, too. The, 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 a crude analogy, first off, is having your old radio on and you get hold of the. Uh, your dial that keeps switching from program to program, and you start twiddling it faster and faster. And this is what these uh, chloride channel blockers are doing, uh, interfering with the normal flow, electronic flow, of information that keeps the neurons functioning in a harmonious connection. Uh, The channels keep switching, switching, switching. And then with an overdose... (laughs) You then affect the volume. The volume can go up or it can crash. Yeah. Now, I'm very concerned from recent findings with humans on prednisone, on steroids. Yeah. uh, That these two can step up anxiety. Humans on prednisone uh, can just lie there all night and not sleep. Yeah. And start even hallucinating. Mm. And these are widely prescribed for... (laughs) Food-related allergies and other allergies yeah. in dogs, especially, and so how much suffering is going on there? And we know from this recent research that indeed the steroids affect these uh, ligand-gated uh, chloride channels too, yeah, causing inhibition or overexcitation of the neuronal membranes.
0: Yeah, makes me want to bang my head against the wall, Doctor Fox.
1: It does. It does. (laughs) It's really a little bit too much.
0: (laughs) I know. And the sad thing is, is that people don't know. I mean, I don't even I don't even think most vets and you can speak to this, Dr. Fox, because you have been a veterinarian in the industry for decades. And you know how things go behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff. You know, this is these medications are not only now sold at Costco and, you know, you can get them online. You don't need a prescription for them. But pretty much most of the probably 99 percent of the not holistic vets, but your sort of regular vets carry these and prescribe and recommend these to all of their patients. And I don't think that they really know. I think that most of them believe that they are safe just like I think that most of them believe that vaccinations are okay.
1: Exactly, and the steroids and blah, 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 because this is the bread and butter of the practice, and they make a nice profit margin. Uh, But when I find, especially in people living in states where there's essentially a a winter that kills off uh, ticks and fleas, that the veterinarians are still selling these drugs uh, during the off-season, and even encouraging people to keep giving the ivermectin to prevent the heartworm during the months when there's not a mosquito in sight, yeah, uh, just in case, a kind of insurance. You know, it's like taking antibiotics just in case you might get an infection right. or taking aspirin just in case you might get a headache. It's absurd. Yeah. But it's a, it's a money-driven uh, industry uh, that needs to be held accountable. Yeah, I agree. But veterinarians are trained to by by salesmen and all kinds of other incentives to believe that these kind of products are safe. Yeah. And the government will say, oh, it's safe too. But uh as I said, you know, the this 40 plus thousand adverse reactions in 2008 reported yeah. to the EPA, you know, things are not good.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing is is Animals are dying as a result of this. I mean, and it's the same, you know, we have this same conversation similarly with the pet food industry. Animals are dying as a result of this. And I can't think, I don't have human children, and I can't think of anything worse than having one of my pets who are family members to us die as a result of something like, A flea medication or a food that I feed because it's so toxic it kills them. I mean, this is what we're talking about. This is why it's so personal to me and so offensive to me is that people are having their hearts broken and their animals killed as a result of this, and it's just in the interest of making money. And Doctor Fox,
1: unfortunately, yes, and and dressing up uh, the terror of of you know a flea infestation, which can be very easily dealt with,
0: yeah. So, you mentioned, Dr. Fox, um, and I asked you to hold your thought on that, uh, talking about a genetic mutation that um, is actually compromises individuals with this mutation, compromises their ability to actually tolerate these flea medications even more. And these animals are the ones that are, um, I think that it's, it mentions not only It's not they think that there may be other mutations that actually also contribute to this, but that um, are compromising animals even more. Um, And so and it's certain breeds and they've even traced it to a certain lineage. So I want to hear your thoughts on that when we come back from break. Um, So we'll be back in just a few minutes. We're talking with Dr. Michael Fox. You can find him online www.drfoxvet.com. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog
1: Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you like good health and well-being, finding a new job and building your business, overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See ConversationsLive.net for show, schedule, and guest
0: information. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S.-sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, Raw or cooked can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry, it just makes sense. Hi, I'm Pat Pauly. Tune into my show, Get Active, each Tuesday at 12 noon on Alternative Talk 1150. Each week, we invite a guest to talk about one of the wonderful activities in the Puget Sound region, ones that you may want to participate in. We'll focus on how adult beginners can comfortably get into all of these activities. You'll learn a lot about how you can get active. Be sure to listen. That's Get Active with me, Pat Pauly, at 12 noon each Tuesday on Alternative Talk 1150. This is Alternative Talk 1150. Got it? Cool. Welcome back to our five year anniversary of The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, and back talking with Dr. Michael Fox, who I have had on the show several times now. And have just loved all of our interviews, Dr. Fox. And it was such a treat, by the way, to meet you in person at the Sparks Conference last summer. Um, That was a really really thought-provoking weekend for sure. And such a treat to hear you speak in person. So, Thank you. Yeah. So um, we're talking about chemical flea medications for dogs and cats. And if you've missed any part of this interview, you can find us archived on our website, which is dogradioshow.com. And you can also download us for free on iTunes as a free audio podcast. Just search for the Dog Show with Julie Forbes, and I'll also post um, some links to these different uh, resources that I found online. If you're interested in digging more yourself on this, um, on our website, and also be sure to find us on our Facebook page as well. The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, Doctor Fox, are you on Facebook? Yes, I am. And what is the title of your page?
1: Um. Facebook dot slash uh, what is it Doctor <clears throat> Doctor
0: Fox Vet Okay, and I'll post a I'll it. post a link to that too on our Facebook page. But be sure to find us both there. Um, so we we're talking about this such an I mean interesting and very scary but interesting information about you know why why are we noticing um, convulsions seizures paralysis in some pets after they're treated. Why are we more commonly noticing, um, as you described and what you've heard reported very commonly from your readers, of this sort of uh, uh, agitated, anxious behavior, especially right after um, these treatments are applied? And um, so we got into some depth about that. And then, Dr. Fox, you mentioned um, earlier about and they've also found um, a genetic mutation that seems to have these individuals who have this mutation of this certain gene have an um, increased sensitivity to some of these uh, pesticides having to do with these ligand-gated chloride ion channels in the nervous system. And we're talking about I mean, that there's, a, we've actually traced this to a certain line of breeds. And in this article, too, I just want to say that they also say that other breeds that are not linked, like Australian cattle dogs who are not linked to this particular lineage from the UK, but who are also reported to be particularly sensitive. So they think that there may be a different mutation. Another mutation or another reason why other breeds are specifically sensitive. So I just want to be clear that it's not only the pets that have this mutation that are sensitive to these medications, but this is an interesting thing to talk about for sure. So it's a it's from a certain lineage of collie from the UK from the, like the 1800s that um, have this uh, ivermectin sensitivity.
1: Correct. And again, just to revisit how the ivermectins work, or the avomectin. Uh-huh. they block the transmission of electrical activity in the nerves and muscle cells by stimulating the release and binding of this gamma-aminobutyric acid, GABA, at the nerve endings. This causes a sudden influx of the chloride ions into the cells. They, they get Overcharged, and then paralysis results. Uh, but classically, ivermectin does not readily cross the blood brain barrier in dogs and other mammals at the normal therapeutic dose levels that, that are given, which is kind of low. <clears throat> but in these susceptible breeds, because of their genetic mutation, and it's called a multi drug resistance gene, so they can be messed up by other drugs too, mm. they have a more permeable blood-brain barrier. Mm. And that is the problem for a lot of collies, for Australian shepherds, for Shetland sheepdogs, old English sheepdogs, and two breeds of sighthounds identified with this issue, the long-haired whippet and the silken windhound, who are distantly genetically linked with this, Lineage, and you might see it occasionally, and possibly due to another uh, gene mutation in the Australian cattle dog, in the border collie, and in the bearded collie. Mm. But because we have mixed breeds and cross breeds and so on, you know, this this crazy multi-drug resistant gene could pop up anywhere mm-hmm. in any dog, regardless of whether it's uh, one of these more susceptible breeds. So you really don't know. It's kind of a chemical genetic roulette game that you're playing. So you've got to be very, very cautious. And this is a nasty thing. With the heartworm parasite that's transmitted by mosquitoes, uh, that they are developing a resistance now to ivermectin. Mm. And it's the same problem. Ivermectin is widely used by uh, livestock keepers and they're seeing resistance in the various parasites that affect cattle and sheep too yeah uh, it's a real problem
0: I mean it makes sense just evolutionarily that if you put a chemical everywhere on everything, like pesticides, that animals will adapt and yeah. develop a resistance to it at at some point for survival. Mm-hmm. And you said, Dr. Fox, I mean, we're not talking about just a few individuals with this rare mutation. You said earlier in the show in 2008, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, reported 44,000 reports of um, now is this of of just a, a reaction to uh, flea medication in general?
1: Yes, they didn't specify uh, how severe, or how many mortalities there were? Yeah, They were. It's just simply a numerical listing because of the cost. I guess going through so many reports. Yeah, uh, but it'd be a good job for a graduate student to do, just to tease out, to factor out. Uh, but these are the most common adverse reactions uh, reported: are tremor, uh, fear, uh, incoordination, panting anxiety and sometimes uh scratching scratching and skin irritation. Mm.
0: And this is of 44,000 reports in 1 year and those of are the cases actually reported. Yeah. So there's exactly. a lot of people who either aren't pa- aren't noticing or who are noticing and aren't reporting. I would say there's a lot of those people out there. So there's, you know, definitely a lot more animals than that who are actually impacted by this. And, and they
1: probably um, say to themselves, well, we'll just wait and see, and the animal does recover, but then they give the medication again,
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: we have chemical sensitization, and things can get suddenly much worse.
0: Now, the thing that's, and this is not the first time that I've just sort of observed this in the industry, and it's not just pets. I mean, pe- we do it as well. I mean, it's like, we're, like, these are... We're messing with the electrical activity in the central nervous system. You know, when we talk about like a an, an a living being and the function of the body, fundamentally, we're talking about you know the central nervous system, and we're using these chemicals that are messing with the natural function or intended function of the body. And we're messing with that. And like you said, if, if there's a, a gate that that it, if left up to the body will regulate in a proper way when it's open and when it's closed, when it lets those chloride ions through and when it doesn't. And then, like you said, if we have these chemicals that are basically open, shut, open, shut, open, shut, open, shut, and then that's throwing off the balance of these chloride ions and it's impacting that communication on a fundamental electrical level. I mean, we are so reckless with...
1: And, and then, you know, we have to paint in other, other systems that are being affected as well. Yeah. Uh, it can affect the blood pressure. Uh, the stress can affect the adrenal glands, which <laughs> can affect the... The insulin and and the pancreas, you know, one thing knocks into another. Uh, The nervous system is connected to the endocrine system, which is connected to the immune system. And so are we going to see even more allergies? You know, we're having constant calls on allergies uh, in dogs, especially now. Uh, What's the tie-in there? And then the research that I've done, again, the evidence-based medicine, when you take them off these pet foods that contain GMOs, genetically engineered corn, soy, uh, beet, and other GMO ingredients, uh, they get better. Their inflammatory bowel disease clears up or their skin Mm. itching clears up. Right. So we're dealing with many different elements uh, all converging on these poor animals. Mm. And we have to factor in... uh, consequences and possible vectors or causes and do it in a trial and error basis because there are no, very often, uh, there are no simple solutions, but it all boils down ultimately to common sense. You know, don't use systemic drugs that affect the whole body like these insecticides. Uh, Don't buy genetically engineered foods that we know nothing about that have never really been safety tested. And the safety tests coming out now indicate that they are not safe, even though the government is saying they are generally considered as being safe.
0: Right. Well, we're going to take our last break here. Um, I do want to mention, because you did bring up allergies, Dr. Fox, which is, is, I mean, one of the biggest reasons why people end up at the vet with their pets is uh, for these allergies and people. And then, you know, they're getting treated with antibiotics and steroids. And I've even heard, um, and I don't know if it was Dr. Kelleher who I'm interviewing about this in a few weeks. Um, I think it was her, one of her clients. She's a a brilliant holistic vet here in the area. Um, She had a patient that was actually undergoing chemotherapy for allergies, and um, and I just want to mention for people, because we are coming up on allergy season, although unfortunately it just doesn't seem like a season anymore, at least not with food, um, on the 12th, March 12th, I'm going to have Dr. Donna Kelleher back on the show. She's the author of a book called The Proof is in the Poodle, a brilliant holistic veterinarian, and we'll be talking about allergies and spending um, that show on allergies. So if you are struggling with that, be sure to tune into uh, the show on March 12th. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and then have our last segment with Dr. Fox. And um, Dr. Fox, I'd like to talk about, um, you know, what, you know, from your experience and from my experience, what can people do to, um, you know, treat fleas? Um, because they can be a problem, especially out here in the Pacific Northwest, where, you you know, people can end up with infestations and all this kind of stuff. So. What are some things that people can do to safely treat for fleas? I know you have some good ideas, and as do I. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be back in just a few minutes with Dr. Michael Fox. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes.
1: Flea brain. Hop, 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 flea brain. Flea brain. Rock, 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 flea brain.
0: Hey Seattle, this is Julie Forbes. When I got engaged a couple of years ago, one of the first things my fiance said about our wedding was we need a wedding planner. I thought to myself, what do we need a wedding planner for? We hired Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings and I now know there is no way we could have done it without her. If you are planning a wedding or corporate event, do yourself a favor and hire New Chapter Wedding and Event Planning. They did an amazing job for us and they will for you. Find them online at newchapterweddings.com.
1: There's an exciting new astrology hour Tuesdays at 5 p.m. with Deborah Silverman. Deborah's unique blend of psychology and astrology turns planetary
0: language into plain English. Join us for an interactive hour that's guaranteed to give you personal insights in a fun and entertaining way. Tune in to Deborah Silverman Live. Whatever your life question, marriage, job, family, relocation or just curiosity call for a live reading tuesdays at 5 p.m and visit deborah's website at deborahsilvermanastrology.com natural pet pantry is seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs made locally using all u.s sourced ingredients their freshly ground stews raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog www.sensitivedog.com.
1: Real people, real life, real radio.
0: Really? Alternative Talk
1: 1150.
0: Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, our five year anniversary show today. Flea Brain indeed. Uh, back talking with Dr. Michael Fox, who uh, is helping me discuss this flea medication industry and the impact that we are both seeing on dogs and cats. And uh, from my perspective, what prompted this, um, second conversation about fleas, Dr. Fox and I talked about fleas a few years ago. Um, but in this specific conversation is this, um, uh, link between these flea medications and anxious behavior in dogs that I'm seeing. And, uh, And so uh, I thought it was time to focus on this. And we certainly have. Um, If you've missed any part of this episode or any of our over 250, you can find them all archived on our website. Go to DogRadioShow.com and then just click on the podcast page and you'll see all of our episodes. I believe the first time I talked with Dr. Fox was November 4th of 2009. So we had been on the air for about six or seven months. And um, that was about your book, Dr. Fox, that you co-authored called Not Fit for a Dog, The Truth About Manufactured Dog and Cat Food. And since then, Dr. Fox has been on the show uh, several times. And you can find all of his past interviews as well if you just search for his name in the search bar. Um, Dr. Fox's website, drfoxvet.com. And you have a relatively new book out, Dr. Fox, called Healing Animals and the Vision of One Health. And people can get that, I assume, at Amazon, uh, through your website, and, um, you know, in the normal Correct. places. It's
1: up on Amazon, and it's had uh, a nice four- five-star review. And uh, it addresses a lot of related issues uh, that the veterinary profession needs to address. mm and particularly uh, vaccinations and nutrition uh, and genetically engineered foods and what's wrong with our agriculture and how we can start improving things from uh, inbreeding dogs too much to ear cropping, tail docking, and all those issues that uh, Mm -hmm. when we start considering them, we start becoming more human and our animals are happier and have a better quality of life. But, you know, talk about controlling fleas, one of the best stories I had was from an elderly lady who went away on vacation, and she said, what I always do, because, you know, I put my dog in for boarding, I know there's gonna be one or two fleas, so I get a 25 watt light bulb, and put it on the floor, plug it in, and Underneath it is a bowl of sudsy water, and it's always full of fleas when I get home Mm. because there's nothing else warm in the house, and all the fleas hop toward that that warmth of the light, Mm. and they fall in, and that is a wonderful flea trap. So I advise people to use that technique to control fleas, especially when they go on vacation or if they're moving into a new house Mm. that might have had a dog or a cat, Uh, fumigation can be safe because everybody gets out and then you ventilate the place. But there are products like uh, food grade diatomaceous earth and uh, activated boric acid powder or borax Mm -hmm. that you sprinkle all over the floor between the cracks and vacuum. And that essentially desiccates the developing larvae of the fleas. And you've got to do it at least twice to, to break the cycle. But but that's a very safe and effective way of dealing with these critters when they get inside and clearing brush outside, of
0: course. Mm-hmm. We, we actually noticed we had a, sort of almost like a constant. This was several years ago, but we were kind of felt like we were constantly battling fleas. And um we... Uh, ripped out our old deck and um, we had like m- wood chips down on the ground and we're in a very, I mean, Pacific Northwest is a very moist environment anyway. And then the property was uh, at the bottom of a hill that was getting all the runoff and stuff. So particularly moist. And um, we pulled all of that stuff out, ripped down the deck, took out the mulch and put down gravel and that has made a huge difference just environmentally that I did not anticipate. Um, that has definitely helped us. And I know not everybody's going to be able to manipulate the environment in a way that will help prevent fleas. But I was really struck by the difference that that has made. And also we have our, our, uh, our house treated by Fleabusters here, um, fleabusterswa.com. And they, I think they use something similar to the boric acid. It's like a form of salt. And they yeah um, so flea
1: bust is is the brand product yeah so of, they of the boric acid yes yes
0: yeah, so they sprinkle it into the carpeting and they brush it to create a static charge so that it sticks to the fibers and then you can vacuum over it and it's not going to vacuum up the treatment and it keeps the environment dehydrated so that fleas can't live in it so if you have carpeting either area rugs or wall to wall this is a very effective way. To have your environment just be a place that where fleas can't live, and so it interrupts the life cycle. And Dr. Fox, the other thing that strikes me about the flea industry is that we target these animals, but fleas spend over half their life cycle actually off the pet and in the that environment. It,
1: doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yes, you, you've got it, you've got it. But remember, the the best weapon is the flea comb to check the dog. Yeah, and if you see any little shiny black flecks on the dog or the cat. Uh, pull one out and put it on a piece of white paper and then just get some spit or a drop of water.
0: Yeah. And if,
1: if it dissolves and turns brownish-red, that is evidence of flea poop. Right. It's digested blood mm-hmm. from your animal companion, and that's one of the cardinal signs. Um, generally, uh, the flea combing works, and I mentioned earlier in the show of using a product like Pets Life, yeah. uh, Complete Coat, <clears throat> which is a, a quasher chip, natural, uh, effective insecticide that is very, very safe. There are other products that contain uh, neem oil, and that's another good one. Uh, in the doses being used, uh, non toxic to animals, and much safer than. These other chemicals on the market now.
0: Yeah, I actually um, we're going to have to wrap up too. But I also interviewed a couple years ago the NRDC, uh, Natural Resources Defense Council, about a particular chemical on on a certain flea collar that has actually this chemical has been banned by the FDA for household use because it's a known carcinogen and yet it's still on the shelves as a flea collar on our animals doing who knows what to the animals but also of course getting on us and our children as well. So um
1: exactly we're inhaling some of these yeah <laughs> these vaporizing uh, and around the animals head all the time. Yeah. You know, we we don't need more science, we just need more common sense.
0: Yeah. Well, Dr. Fox Thank you so much for your time today and for the work that you do, uh, you know, weekly. I know you're doing all sorts of talks on all sorts of different um, pro-animal efforts, and your work is wonderful. His new book, Healing Animals and the Vision of One Health. You can find Dr. Fox online, www.drfoxvet.com. And, uh, Dr. Fox, I look forward to having you back on the show sometime soon.
1: Thank you. And and Julie, thank you for the good work that you're doing. And I take my hat off to you for your incredible ability to grasp complex issues and make sense of them.
0: Oh, thank you very much. A pleasure as always. And thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes.